Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. Guess what? Chicken butt. (laughs) You are listening to... Your um, community spirit. I forgot what we're listening to. Um, My childlike humor was just so distracting. <laughs> we came across this game called Power Play. Oh, the yeah. Game of Knowledge. Play. It is kind of a Trivial Pursuit kind of game, except it is, well, what would you call it? It's it's about power plays. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's sort of politically oriented, like fun facts about the Bush administration and past, you know, past administrations and international facts as well. Yeah. It's got sections on, like, the, um, what do you call it? Environment, war, commerce. What is that when you go to the rest of the world? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, foreign, foreign foreign relations. Yeah. Foreign affairs, maybe. Affairs. Ah. <laughs> anyway, the the game Power Play the Game of Knowledge is powerplaythegame.com if you huh. want to look it up. So Yeah, it's pretty fun. And um it might be used in trivia night at the Big Muddy IMC. Yeah, we were just talking about that. See if we think that's a good idea. <laughs> and there is a few other happenings at the IMC. Yes, happenings tonight. As always, seven PM on Friday, free film Friday. And this week, the film is A Day Without a Mexican. And so it's at 7 p.m. at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. And you can, our website is bigmuddyimc.org. And I've missed out on the past one or two film Fridays, but I'm actually, you know, cross my fingers, going to make it to this one. So I'm pretty excited. And another exciting happening is there is satellite TV. Yes. Satellite TV over at the IMC. Hey, that rhymes. Yeah, they've got, like, free speech TV now and link TV. And, you know, like, random things like the cooking channel and <laughs> things like that. Um, yeah. But The we, Daily Show. Yeah, The Daily Show. <laughs> yes. I really, really do like World, uh, World Link TV. Or some people call it World Link TV and others it's just Link TV. Yeah. But it links us to the world. Yep. And so. it, I've just browsed a little bit of it, and it's got, you know, all sorts of really interesting programs on there that you won't see on on Fox News or any of the, <laughs> even any of the ones you get on cable. It's hard to find that kind of content. <laughs> um, I do have a tip. Sometimes I throw out a little tip. <laughs> don't play with matches. <laughs> I don't really drink coffee, but here's... Looking for the best ways to enjoy that morning coffee? Try cold brew iced coffee. For a cooling, low-energy usage hit of the daily caffeine, brewed using either a purpose-made device or the old-fashioned method. Well, the old-fashioned method is you just put it in the cup and let it set. (laughs) And come back, and it is strong. (laughs) 
Um, you might want to, if you don't like spitting out grounds, you might want to put it in like one of those, ball, you know, like tea balls or. Yeah. Um, See, as you drink it, though, you can just filter out the grounds with your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, use a reusable mug for less waste, either to bring coffee from home out on the road or when you get your coffee to go. So, mm-hmm. um, and they now have, they now have like coffee mugs, like those mugs that keep the heat or the cool, uh, um, made out of corn plastic. Ah, you, you can make plastic out of any type of oil. Yeah. Historically, we've made it out of petroleum oil, but now they have, well, we have oil made out of corn. Uh, yes. And guess what? You can make plastic out of that, too. So. <laughs> yeah. I've started to see some of those already, like, you know, compostable packaging that's made out of corn. Yeah. Well, some uh, compostable is different. Yeah. It's not always, yeah. The, it's um, They have compostable plastics, and what it is is they somehow make it so that a molecule breaks down after, I want to say, something like 60 days. Yeah. Um, out in the elements. So I really like that idea. <laughs> Compostable styrofoam. Yeah. And they have it. They have foam cups and foam bowls and plates that look like styrofoam, feel like styrofoam, but is, you know, plant-based. And if it's either exposed to heat or moisture for extended period of time, it starts, well, breaking down. Yeah. So, so. here in southern Illinois, you can pretty much just... You know, set it on a counter for long enough once you're done with it. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. That would be funny. Like, if you're a student and you, like, leave your, you know, sink full of dishes and come back. You, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you leave for, like, the summer and you leave them in a, you just have a bunch of goo sitting in your sink and you can just wash it down the sink. <laughs> yeah, dude. Folks, do not try this experiment at home. I bet they... But I, it might work. I bet they will, in the future, have just, you know, you just toss your utensils and stuff into your sink, and it goes into some kind of yeah. canister under the sink. Like the garbage disposal. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's today's tip. You can enjoy morning coffee by, well, not heating it, because then you have to cool it again because it's hot now. And uh, use a reusable mug or one made from corn plastic. Yes. And they don't call it plastic. They call it plantic. Plantic. Because <laughs> it's made from plants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little trick. Let's see. So, let's see. Any more happenings? or? I don't have any. People forgot to let us know. Yeah. I There's... don't know if you could know that you can go to our website, yourcommunityspirit.org. And you can let us know of happenings. Um, We have emails. Sometimes we even have a phone. (laughs) My phone is 8931717. If you want to let me know of any happening to announce on this show. Yes, and mine is 5250625. Good deal. Now to the news. Da-da-da-da! Mitsubishi releases a diesel hybrid truck in Japan. Just as Ford is edging away from hybrid cars in the U.S., 
<laughs> yeah, what other sound can I make? Okay. <sighs> Japanese automakers continue to be less, ahem, fuelish. <laughs> fuelish. Mitsubishi <laughs> Fushu this week unveiled the most energy efficient medium duty truck in the world, the Cantor Echo Hybrid. With its diesel-electric drivetrain, the Cantor offers the best of both worlds, a lithium-ion-powered electric motor that kicks into action during stop-and-go driving, ideal, well, for city-bound delivery-type trucks, and a high-efficiency, cleaner-burning diesel engine for highway cruising, which, of course, can be always powered by good old biodiesel. The truck also shuts off its engine while idling and includes a regenerative braking system that, well, recycles energy expended when the truck slows down into electric energy for later usage. The result is a 20% improvement in fuel efficiency over similar trucks and the first commercial truck to meet Japan's new long-term emission regulations due to come into effect in August 2007. Because of the relatively efficiency of modern biodiesel engines compared with petroleum engines, diesel hybrids are becoming a popular if more costly twist on typical hybrid cars. Some have shown that non-hybrid diesel engines can actually prove more fuel efficient and less polluting than conventional hybrids, as Green Car Congress does in a 2004 study. Uh, Daimler Chrysler, which actually largely owns Mitsubishi Fushu is betting that a hybrid diesel is a long, is a big way for trucks and buses while GM has talked up a diesel hybrid passenger sedan the Opel Astra which may grow in production in 2007 in the meantime we can breathe a little easier knowing that diesel hybrid buses are proliferating around Europe Asia and the US that FedEx is already driving some diesel hybrids in the U- US that innovative diesel hybrid UPS trucks are on their way, that sweet cars like this are being dreamed up, and that if Mitsubishi sees enough interest outside of Japan, the Fushu might soon be delivering packages in our hometown too. Hmm. Straight to the source, the Associated Press and the Green Car Congress. That's what I've been waiting for, because I have to drive some big vehicles in my business. Yeah. And I've been thinking of getting a, a diesel... But then I was just like, if I could just wait like two years, I'm sure there's going to be a hybrid diesel on the market. Yeah. And yeah. sure enough, it's coming down the road. <laughs> so. I wonder if any of the the local, uh, you know, FedEx trucks or such have that yet. Probably not. But if they do, you can correct us and let us know. <laughs> so let's see. In other news, and actually related news. To <laughs> Well, I made a funny sound when we said about Ford, so you get to clarify it. (laughs) Two steps back. Ford backs out on hybrid pledge, plans more alt-fuel vehicles. Remember remember Ford's much-hyped commitment to produce 250,000 hybrid vehicles by 2010? Well, about that. (laughs) CEO Bill Ford Jr. backpedaled on that promise Wednesday. While not abandoning hybrids altogether... He said that Ford's focus, ha, (laughs) is shifting, ha ha, oh puns galore, to cars that can run on alternative fuels like ethanol, clean diesel, and biodiesel. In an email to employees, the CEO said the quarter million hybrids objective was, quote, too narrow to achieve our larger goals of sustainable, sustain, excuse me, substantially (laughs) improving fuel economy and CO2 performance. 
And of course, <laughs> ethanol substantially improves neither. <laughs> also on Wednesday, Bill Ford and the CEOs of General Motors and Chrysler pledged to Congress that they would double production of alt-fuel vehicles to 2 million by the end of the decade. In addition, Ford announced plans to partner with Verisun Energy to open about 50 new ethanol fueling stations in the Midwest. Straight to the source, Detroit News, New York Times, 29th of June, 2006. So, two steps back. How foolish, huh? Yes, how foolish of them. What's your price for flight? The European Parliament calls for jet fuel tax to curb environmental impact of flying. The European Parliament has voted in favor of a jet fuel tax to help offset the environmental impact of air travel. The consumer tax, well, the consumer cost of the fuel tax would be up to about $75 per round-trip flight within Europe. Also, as the European Union considers making airlines join the UN-wide cap-and-trade scheme for greenhouse gas emissions, Parliament suggested that the industry enter a separate aviation-only emissions trading system so carriers would not simply buy up rights from other companies while continued to pollute. The parliamentary vote has no legal weight, but supporters hope it will influence future legislation. The aviation industry is the fastest-growing source of greenhouse gases, and flights within Europe are on track to triple by 2030. Quote, without strict and binding legislation, airlines could... It's a scupper. Scupper? <laughs> could scupper global efforts to reverse climate change, said Green Party member Caroline Lucas, who authored the report adopted by the Parliament. Scupper? <laughs> Straight to the source, the Times, Planet Reuters, the 5th of June, and Financial Times, the 4th of July, 2006. I said June. June. <laughs> it's, the fourth, it's the 5th of July. 5th I'm of still, July. I'm still stuck in last month already. Living in the past. Yeah. <laughs> so. So let's see. In other news. Da-da-da-da. With this ping, I thee dead. What? It took me a second to get this, so it's like, with this ring, I thee wed. Oh, okay. <laughs> with it. this ping, I thee dead. <laughs> Judge temporarily restricts the Navy's sonar use to protect whales. The U.S. Navy is temporarily forbidden to use high-intensity sonar in war game exercises off the coast of Hawaii, a federal judge declared on Monday. She ruled that environmental groups had provided had provided, quote, considerable convincing scientific evidence that the Navy's use of sonar can kill, injure, and disturb many species, including marine mammals. Two summers ago, Navy war games off of Hawaii disoriented more than 150 melon-headed whales. No, we're not, <laughs> we're not making fun of them. That's what they're actually called. I've never heard that. I don't know. Melon-headed whales. Well... We know about them now because 150 of them were disoriented and found swimming chaotically in the shallows of a bay. On Friday, the Department of Defense granted the Navy a six-month national security exemption from the Marine Mammal Protection Act, apparently in an effort to circumvent the lawsuit. But the judge ruled that the exemption did not cover the National Environmental Policy Act, 
so the suit could go forward. The Navy and the the NRDC have until July 12th to discuss a settlement. On July 18th, the judge will consider making the ban permanent. Straight to the source, Los Angeles Times, 4th of July, 2006. So no more pinging those marine animals with the giant high-intensity sonar. A long time coming. EPA may implement California's small motor standards across the U.S. The U.S. EPA indicated that it was leaning towards approving California's proposal to require catalytic converters on small engines like those in weed whackers and lawn mowers, eliminating the equivalent of emissions from 800,000 cars. Even better, the agency suggested it may implement the high standards across the country. Quote, We believe harmonizing with California will be cost-effective, good for the environment, good for the industry, good for all the stakeholders, said EPA Air Quality Director Margot Oz. At least two small engine manufacturers, Honda and Kohler, support California's plan, while the Council for the Main Industry Trade Group indicating grudging acceptance of the state standards, adding, quote, I want you to appreciate the pain and challenges our members are accepting. EPA Administrator Stephen Johnson will make the final decision later this year. We hope Johnson rises to the occasion. (laughs) Straight to the source. Should I read that that again? I hope Johnson rises rises to the the occasion. occasion. (laughs) Straight to the source, San Francisco Chronicle, the 30th of June, San Francisco Chronicle Associated Press, the 29th of June, 2006. Okay, let's see. In other news, try this on for seismic. Climate change may lead to more earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. So the Earth's going to blow up. (laughs) Okay. We won't mind. We'll be hot. Yeah, it'll be warm. Uh, Geologists are concerned about the seismic repercussions of disappearing glaciers, noting that the sheer weight of the humongous blocks of ice helps to keep the Earth in place. Glacial melting and the reduction of that weight may release pent-up pressure in the planet's crust, leading to earthquakes, tsunamis, and volcanic eruptions. Oh, my. Canadian geologist Patrick Wu warns that Antarctic melt is already causing earthquakes and underground landslides. Higher sea levels caused by glacial melt also increase pressure on the ocean floor, which could affect the tectonic plates. Quote, all over the world, evidence is stacking up that changes in global climate can and do affect the frequencies of seismic events, wrote British geologist Bill McGuire in New Scientist magazine, adding, not only has this happened several times throughout the Earth's history, but the evidence suggests that it is happening again. Straight to the source, Canadian Press, 3rd of July, 2006. So that's... That's something that I not even really fully considered is the, you know, geological impact of all these glaciers melting. <laughs> well, how about this? Have you thought about what the oil is in the earth for? What do we put oil in engines for? Oh, to to run things. To <laughs> lubricate it. To lubricate. And so the oil used to be cushions between these big rocks. Mm-hmm. And as we've taken the oil apart the rocks grate against each other more and more and more. Uh, 
and therefore, well... The joints of the earth are going to be crackling. Right. The engine is going to crack wide open. So, anyway. We're we're, we're pretty... Here's... We're pretty keen on vegetables here at your community spirit. We are. I like vegetables. I actually was happy to hear the Cooked Planet song because I'm trying to get more back towards, you know, all natural foods again. How about this? We like to grow them, cook them, not. Uh, I like to cook them. I'm still cooking them. I I admit it. Okay. We like to grow them, cook them, eat them, eat off of them, and eat with them. Ah. This is about, well... We've really had no shortage of information about biodegradable cutlery recently. We've reported, we've talked about, well, knives and forks and spoons that you can throw in your compost heap from the States to Australia to via oh-so-stylish Italy. Huh. They've been making them around the world. But, however, we do like to be through, so now we like to add the UK-based vegware to our cutlery cat- <laughs> catalog. Vegware. Spudware. <laughs> Spudware cutlery, cutlery is made from 80% potato starch and 20% vegetable oil. <laughs> Didn't say you can eat it, but they say they will degrade, biodegrade in about 90 days and even quicker if you snap them first. <laughs> like snap the, um, after you've eaten, that is. <laughs> so if you want to buy some spudware, chow down at vegware.co.uk. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's interesting, you know, potatoes. Potatoes are, you know, when you think about it, they're pretty sturdy vegetables. You know, they're roots. So, making sturdy things out of them. Hey, I guess you can make something from anything, so. Yeah. I have a few products. Do you have another news article? I don't. Let's see. Oh, let's see. Oh, did we do the one about... Jet fuel already? I did. I thought so. Yep, taxes on jet. This time for we've been I've been making four pages of stuff and this time I only got three because yeah. we've not been going through the four pages. <laughs> but and this time we flew right through the yeah, three. I do have um Well it's also that, you know, the, the news about the seismic news is so earth shattering <laughs> <laughs> that it takes up a lot of news. We here at your community spirit love compact fluorescent bulbs. Do you love them? I, I love them more so than the regular ones. I, I love them because, you know, it doesn't cost me so much in my electric bill. But like all fluorescents, compact fluorescent bulbs contain mercury and shouldn't be tossed in the trash when their day is done. Now, mind you, they do last five years. But at the end, they are still, what is it, hazardous waste. Yes, that's where Lamp Recycle comes in. The site, developed by the National Electric Manufacturers Association, provides extensive information on recycling facilities and regula- regulations across the U.S., plus links to relevant EPA sites. Dub3.lamprecycle.org. <laughs> and we forget to tell people, when they start listening to our show, they need to either get a pen and paper out or turn on, what is it? Not their photographic their memory. Their phonographic memory. <laughs> their phonographic memory. I was going to say audiographic. Yeah, there's probably a real term for it, but I call it the phonographic memory. Yeah. Turn on your phonographic memory, because sometimes 
we do say something important. Yes, we, we even say two or three things important sometimes. And we started recording the show and started to put it on our website, yourcommunityspirit.org. So we can start listening to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's scary because we learn stuff from ourselves yeah. when we li- re-listen to it. We can so. listen and say, oh, I didn't know that. But you just said it on the radio. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't really listen to what I say. <laughs> You know, I just, you know, read it and let it come out the mouth. And it doesn't go through the brain Yeah. when I do it. So it goes through the mouth. You know, it goes up from the lungs to the mouth. And yeah, it just bypasses. There's there's a direct connection from my eyes to my mouth and it bypasses the brain completely. Yeah. So product of the month. Are you interesting, interested in reducing your energy costs? More important, are you interested in reducing your <laughs> bills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Am I redu- interested in reducing my bills? Uh, yes. <laughs> now you can recover up to 70% annual on your lighting expenses. This What this is designed for is mostly larger areas. Mm-hmm. It's like shop lights like we have up here. Close to half of the average office, retail store, or school's energy expense is lighting. Now, I came, uh, let's see, Wednesday, I was in a school um, putting in a couple solar panels, and they were doing a lighting retrofit. They were changing out all the lighting, and they were replacing it with dimmable and daylight harvesting electric ballasts. Uh Uh-huh. Now, daylight harvesting is the coolest thing ever. Basically, the light, you set the, the level of light you like in your office, or in this case, school. Yeah. And if there's enough light coming through the windows, the light doesn't come on at all. But if it's like a cloudy day, the light might come on halfway. Yeah. (laughs) And if it's a really dark and gloomy day, well, the light comes on all the way. But it just provides how much, you know, electrically provided light that you need. Yeah, it senses. (laughs) Yeah, it has a little photocell that senses how much light, and you set how much light you want in there. And, well... If you don't need the electric light, it doesn't come on. Yeah. And that's called daylight harvesting. Daylight harvesting. If that's not the the peak of efficiency, I don't know what is. And I was just like, wow. And so this is definitely, when I do lighting upgrades, this will be something I recommend to customers now. Yeah. I mean, I've heard about it, but I've never actually seen it in use before. So... The ballast avoids excess lighting costs by using free daylight to constantly adjust your fixture's energy use to maintain the Illuminating Engineering Society recommended foot candles for the tasks being performed. There's a society that figures out, wow. Yep. (laughs) Each fixture operates independently to provide an even distribution of quality light across the area. It used to be you'd have one fixture for the whole room. I'm one sensor, but now they have each light in the ceiling. Like, for example, I was walking down the hall, and normally you'll walk down a hall and every light will be on in the ceiling, regardless. They just (laughs) turn them on and they're on. And they're on 24 hours a day. Yeah. (laughs) I was walking down the hall, and only out of the probably 30 light fixtures, two of them were on, (laughs) walking down the hall. Yeah. And that's what got me noticing. I was just like, I notice silly things. But I was walking down the hall, and I was just like, how come only two of the lights are on? And then I was like, well, there's a little photo sensor sticking out right there. 
and why is that and <laughs> you know and i started asking questions and before you know it yeah your independent thinking got you to learn more about energy efficiency <laughs> yep so the dimming and daylight harvesting electronic ballast yeah so <laughs> i was just daylight harvesting i just love that name yeah that name it's is a good like, name for it <laughs> why waste why waste energy be a daylight harvester <laughs> <laughs> so you have listened to another well hopefully exciting hopefully even more important informative half hour of your community spirit um we should be here again next week yes and my advice what i usually say in the summer remember it is so much cooler in the woods. Yes, and you'll only find that out for certain when you actually get out there. Yeah, let me know. If it's not cooler, it is cooler in the water. Yeah. And if it's not cooler there, it's cooler way deep in the water. <laughs> so swim down, or I found a really good way to f- find out or make yourself cool. Um, if you feel like you are too hot inside, go outside in the sun for a couple of minutes and then come back in because it's usually cooler yeah it's just you've been there so long i was walking across town the other day and my feet actually got on fire (laughs) not on fire fire but like really hot really hot just walking because the heat from the pavement was transferred through my through my shoes i wasn't barefoot but i've done it barefoot it's you don't want to (laughs) (laughs) it's like and i started walking on the grass yeah I was just somehow for a period I walked on black pavement, not on the white sidewalks. So, yeah. Good deal. We will be back. Have a good day. If I press the right buttons. Yes. <laughs>